Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to our spoiler review of Doctor Sleep with the boys, Connor <laughs> and Betty. Hello there. Connor didn't have his mic set up correctly <laughs> and then First he realized time. halfway through the intro that he didn't I, have his mic correctly I was about to just up. start talking into thin air like a normal human being. Yeah. <laughs> and realized you, you, know, you know that's not the way things go. You find here. folk wouldn't be able to hear me. Welcome to our spoiler review for Dr. Sleep. This has been out for a couple of weeks now, so we thought, hey, why don't we just get into the meat and potatoes of it? For all of you who have seen it, um, this is the sequel to 1980s uh, uh, The Shining and obviously the book before that by Stephen King. Um, quite uh, one of my favorite films. I've never read the book, but an absolute favorite of mine in the horror genre. And uh, this... Dr. Sleep is the sequel based on the book, but director Mike Flanagan of Haunting of Hill House um, has come in and done a sort of a hybrid approach, taking elements of the uh, book and Stephen King's Shining, uh, sorry, and um, Stanley Kubrick's Shining, which is vastly different from the book and fusing them together to create something of its, of its own. Um, I was very excited going into this. Um, but uh, let's let's uh, let's kind of get into that. Let's talk about how everyone was feeling going in uh, before seeing this film. Benny, uh, what's your relationship like with the original Shining and uh, Mike Flanagan? And were you excited for this property? Um, I think, like any burgeoning film fan in their teens, I had a massive Kubrick phase, and uh, Shining was one I very distinctly remember watching on uh, on SBS, I think, Australian Channel um late at night one one night and being uh, pretty scared by it because I, I did not delve into a lot of scary stuff back then and that movie gets quite trippy towards the end um so it definitely stuck with me a bit um and then i didn't revisit it for a long time I actually ended up watching it a couple months ago uh, with a friend who'd never seen it um and was really able to appreciate how um how beautifully constructed that film is and how effective it is even though uh, nowadays uh, I don't find it to be scary necessarily in any way. Um, it really was a, a beautiful and striking film. Um, and then, of course, there's Mike Flanagan, the uh, the patron saint of the podcast, someone who we will not stop uh, plugging all the time. I feel like I only just discovered him about a year ago or last year. Mm. Um, this guy has just been toiling away, creating really solid movie after really solid movie with the occasional just like terrific film. Um, so that was enough to get me interested in this. Um, apparently the book, Dr. Sleep, the very belated sequel to Stephen King's The Shining was not good at all. Um, so what they were trying to do with this, make a sequel to both versions of The Shining after, uh, you know, 40 years, seems like a terrible idea, but Mike Flanagan is one of those few guys who I'm just like, I don't really care what he's doing. Uh, I'm going to show up for it. Uh, the trailers I didn't like the look of particularly, but that was it. Mike Flanagan, that'll get me in there. <clears throat> oh, you can't. Um, yeah, look, I, The Shining I watched late, late enough in life that it was not scary. Um, and I didn't, I didn't hold any huge love for it. You know, I don't think that in my younger years I was enough of a fan of, you know, film um to to really kind of appreciate what a film it was um so you know for most of my life 
the shining, take it or leave it type mentality. Um, when this project was announced, um, I was kind of neither here nor there with it. Um, it had Mike Flanagan, who I've got a lot of faith in um, and his ability to uh, create interesting stories and characters. Um, it had Ewan McGregor, um, who I consistently enjoy. Um, the concept or the trailers, I didn't, again, I was kind of ne neither here nor there with them. You know, they, they weren't bad, but they weren't particularly uh, interesting. And this whole kind of menacing threat of this group that was trying to steal, you know, The Shining, I wasn't sure how they were really going to mix that into the, the story. And it didn't really feel menacing enough. Like, The Shining, while it wasn't really scary, it had this atmospheric kind of pressure about it. And the, you know, it built up tension and the, the, the villain so to speak, wasn't really tangible up right until the end where it manifest. Um, whereas this one seemed as though it was going to be a little bit more traditional in its approach of just having, you know, a set of villains that were, I don't know, chasing the protagonist, um, which again, I, I wasn't crazy about. But again, my faith in the, in the, in the director um, and my like of the main cast member was enough to get me to put my bum in the seat. Yeah, nice. Well, unlike you, Connor, I'm a massive fan uh, of The Shining. <clears throat> have been since I first saw it. It must have been similar time when you saw it, Benny, 15, 16 years old. And um, it definitely stuck with me. And it's one I watch every four or five years. Um, the prospect of having a sequel to that seemed so ridiculous, unnecessary, um, and... You know, insert another adjective in there that's sort of just, you know. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. There we go, baby. <laughs> Borderline, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I just really wasn't sold on whether or not this is a good idea. And if it's in a book form, you know, fine. That's all well and good. But once it comes to the cinema, I have to pay attention. I have to know what goes on. And I just didn't think there was really enough there. But as you said, Benny, with Mike Flanagan getting involved, that really piqued my interest. So, yeah, trailers were fine. I was kind of... I've never seen you a Mike Flanagan... You hated first one. Come on. I've never seen a Mike Flanagan trailer that's really nailed it, I don't think. I just don't think he's that kind of filmmaker. Um, and this one, this one, I was sort of like, let's see. Let's see how this goes. So we've seen the film. Let's get into the review itself. Uh, this is full spoilers, guys, once again. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want anything's ruined, um, get on out of here. I think something that noted that I noticed straight away was they recast key characters in the flashbacks and whatnot. You got little Danny. You got um, the mom, Jack Nicholson's character, um, the guy, the shine guy, you know, in mm. the bedroom at the beginning there. You know, that was a ballsy move and I was really glad they didn't face replace anybody and, and and it didn't, them not being the same actor, it wasn't like I was like, oh, I don't get who they are. They got the mannerism spot on, they got the costume spot on. And the look as well. Yeah, everything was perfect. that was what weirded me out. Like not in a bad way, but I was just kind of like, huh. Because the mum actor in particular looked pretty close, at least from memory. Like a more kind of Hollywood version. 
Yeah, um, definitely. But then the way she acted, it was so spot on. Yeah, and I was Shelley like, Duvall. I didn't even actually notice it with the mum initially. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought that was, but it was necessary as well to kind of place this as its own film. And I think this is representative in the rest of the film as well as this kind of towing the line between being its own thing and being a sequel to The Shining. And I think that, you know, particularly with the intro, it it kind of tries to make that statement. It's almost trying to, you know, have its cake and eat it too, in the sense of it saying, we're our own thing. We can kind of exist outside the initial Shining, but also we are very much a sequel to both the film and the book. Yeah, I think the first thing I said on the way out was how um, impressed I was with how bold they were in just saying, we're doing a sequel to The Shining. There are certain things we're going to have to just do. Yeah. Like, we're going to have to take one of cinema's most notorious characters, Jack Torrance, played by Jack Nicholson, and just put a different actor in the role because we need him to show up at the end for this to be yeah. kind of coherent in any kind of thematic way. Um, and I love that they just went ahead with it all the way through, and I love that they kind of ease you into it by recasting everyone at the beginning. Um, and then just completely remaking full scenes from the original um iconic iconic scenes um and i i think it's it it was so odd after such you know this de-aging thing and digital face replacement is such a new thing it was so odd for me to already be so impressed by people not doing that yeah i was like that's so refreshing seeing them just say you just treat it like a play and just be like yeah, yeah. we're just gonna recast and it these. Also, and there's no disconnect it's mm. not like the audience around like who is this it's not the same person you follow along you enjoy it more if anything mm. i but i i found it very in, like particularly interesting because they changed the characters but they did it like shot for shot from the movie mm. which puts you in this frame of mind which is this is definitely a sequel to the movie mm. But it is not a sequel to the movie. No, story-wise, thematically, it is so much more a sequel to the original novel, mm-hmm. um, which I also haven't read. Yeah, and I know, like, I know we kind of just keep, almost kind of keep repeating ourselves, but it's just that really fine line that they walked, and mm. it, 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 for me, it, they pulled it off. Yeah, I, I think totally it was agree. really well done. Yeah, um, and I, I, you know, you say we keep repeating ourselves, but I just don't think it can be overstated that that's a ridiculous thing to have achieved. Yeah, to have made a sequel to two very different versions of the same thing that I feel like satisfies both. Yeah, um, that's nuts. I think, yeah, I think that's really spectacular. Um, can I tell you the moment that I thought that this was going to be a really good film? The moment that I, I kind of like strapped in and was like, right, gotcha. Was it was after his little um, uh, talk with uh, the guy on the bench, and he hears the the woman in the bathtub, mm. and he looks at the woman because that was quite a an, um, an intense scene before that. You know, him wetting himself and, and that like you got the sense of like, oh, there's a bit of horror in this. Okay, mm. nice. Um, his going into that um, bathroom and closing the door with that scene, just that that shot down the corridor and that confidence that that kid portrayed that for me, when he closed that door was like, I'm a hundred percent in, mm-hmm. I have complete and utter faith from here on in. And 
Yeah, I, yeah, no, I just, I, I thought that was so spectacularly done. He just comes back out and says, yeah, mom, it's all good. Fantastic moment and a very clear indication <clears throat> that this is not just going to be rehashing the first one. This is going to be moving the story forward uh, yeah. beyond that. Yeah, I, I really, to your point, it, it's um, rehashing some of these scenes that are quite sacred. You know, it could have come off not the best mm. and he, he handled it with elegance and um, respect. Uh, while still adding a few extra little ingredients, because we didn't really see Danny do that in the in the first movie. No, you know he's quite a sort of he's sort of he's just the kid, and he has a few really iconic lines, but he doesn't really do that much. And in this one, he's actively like really sort of putting a very strong foot forward with the characterization, and he, it's sort of like okay, wow, this is this okay. We're already adding to, and not in a bad way. You know, adding in a in a in a depth manner, mm-hmm. not just more shit on top. Um, so I, I totally agree with you. That was that was a really great scene. Um, this whole this whole world building and expansion of the 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 characters and 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 the shining, the shining um, with Rose the Hat and all these sort of energy vampires. I thought that was really really fantastically handled and good intro you know, with them you, going after that girl. If you read that like Wikipedia, you know, like <laughs> this doesn't read well. No, it doesn't. And then the energy vampire came, and you're like, Ooh. and I've heard from people who've read the book that that gang is completely inept, almost laughable. Like they're terrible villains. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, but in the movie, they're they're. I think they're brilliant. They're, you, f- you feel as though there is danger. Yeah. 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 Like but you also feel their plight. Yeah. As well. Totally. They are, and that's what's the best kind of villain is is when there's where they're three dimensional, mm. and I really felt that with these guys. Yeah, they're fascinating. There's there's a scene in particular where um, the oldest among them is dying, and and she's kind of recounting um, elements of his life to him, and oh. it, it's so evocative. It's like, who was this guy? What has he done? Like he's led empires, and how long has he been around? Um, just one of those cool little, you know, one or a few lines of dialogue that make you think of so much. Mm. It just it, it opens it up without the mystery still there. Mm. Like it's very effective way to open things up in the world, leaving it to your imagination and not necessarily just presenting it on a silver platter for you. Mm. It's like alluding to things. Yeah. And, and on that note as a whole, I think this movie does such an interesting job of uh, kind of reclarifying things we saw or, and were introduced to in the first film and, and contextualizing them more because the first film is almost abstract in the way it presents things yeah. like The Shining and, and what's actually happening in this situation. I don't think anyone would come out of that movie for the first time and have like a very succinct, succinct uh, description of the plot, yes. or at least not the way it appears in the book. Or at least of the significance of Danny's character. Totally, yeah. Um, and this movie really reframes all of that and really gets into specifics you know, about what The Shining is and what it means and who these characters are, what the overlook is and why, why it happened to Danny and his family. And all of that sounds so sacrilegious um, to just saying that this is what that movie does. It mm-hmm. sounds stupid. The fact that they would bring in elements of the original book that weren't explicit in the film and but make a sequel to that film while throwing that all in, it just shouldn't work in any way. But it um, does. But, but it actually deepens my appreciation for the original film, both as its own thing and as part of this story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, I totally know what you mean. Mm. Can we talk about the development of um, Ewan or Danny Torres or Ewan um, McGregor's character? Hmm. Um, there's a big gap between when you see him as a kid, supposedly all right, and when you see him as a, a kind of drunk degenerate. And, and there's I felt, another jump as well. 
Mm. So well, maybe, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, like that jump in particular, I feel like there's a lot that was unsaid, but that the audience would have been obviously able to fill. And that, that was really economical storytelling. You're like, mm. oh, I definitely get why he's fucked up. You can see like where the downward slide of his mm. world would have, uh, uh, just like where he went wrong. Yeah, and we take a quick detour in 2011 to see his rock bottom and it's horrific. It is yeah. so horrible. He, he ends up uh, allowing to die, you know, a, a young mother and her baby uh, who we see as like undead yeah. spirits. And it's, it's, I thought that was, that was horrible. particularly intense. Yeah. Like, I think um, it set the scene really well mm-hmm. for, for, you know, particularly how, how rock bottom it was. Mm. Um, although while maintaining a certain air of the characters, not dignity, but inner good in that very pivotal scene where he doesn't take her money, mm. um, and, and kind of establishes this, you know, broken person with, no, I won't say a heart of gold because that seems a little bit too cliche, but yeah. it it maintains some kind of ability to like the character. Yeah. Um, while like also this is showing. a good man who's lived a horrific life. Yeah, and which makes that kind of catharsis and that and that like that you know him becoming good that much more kind of satisfying in a short term sense of uh, kind of way. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's an arc that can be formed from that. Yeah, uh, but it also establishes that this is not really it, it's it's not just Danny Torres's film because, in my mind, him being like when when there's that jump to him being all, you know, sober and that I'm kind of like, all right, that would have been the interesting, presumably the interesting kind of um, you know how arc, does he yeah, defeat yeah, yeah. alcoholism? But we've just skipped that, right? Yes. So I think that there there could have been an interesting arc about how he delves into alcohol that is an interesting creative choice isn't it yeah there's an interesting arc that of, of how he gets better but they've just like no 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 montages nothing which i really appreciated economical straight mm. into it um and they also skipped over the um his uh relationship building with this with this teenage girl mm. which i thought again really economical you just get it yep mm. He's able to make these relationships feel very natural. Um, you know, it's not, I don't know how to say it. Like Mike Flanagan, I think one of his biggest strengths in Haunting of Hill House was to get those family dynamics feeling very real, tangible, mm. authentic. And to the point where you could you could know in advance how any given character in this or that would react to any other given character in, in a meeting. You know, mm. like they're so well-defined as people. Do you know what? To Flanagan's credit, and this has, I think, 100% to do with the, the writing of this. There's a scene where she catches a bus, the little girl catches a bus to Danny Torrance, and he kind of takes her aside to a park bench, and the first thing he says is, do you know how bad this looks? Like a grown man sitting with um, you know, a teenage girl, mm. which is the first po- thought that popped into my head. Yeah, And I was like, for the character to kind of echo what the audience is obviously thinking and what someone in real life would probably say as like a point of concern makes the characters feel just more real mm, in, in, a, in a, in a movie about, you know, energy vampires and, and, mm. uh, <laughs> the shining. Yes. Mm. So yeah. I thought, you know, really excellent, um, just little uh, intuitive piece of dialogue. Yeah, so I love the way he played with the the alcoholism theme and just the kind of substance abuse stuff in general. Like you've got these 
these you know ravenous uh, villain characters who are all just so addicted to to this uh, shining that they are literally torturing children to get it. Yeah, um, that's a harrowing scene. Yeah, that is intense. One that really sticks out for me. The kid from Good Boys. That was hard to watch. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I love the way that all kind of just played around the whole movie, and then when we get to the end, the the interaction between between him and his father, mm-hmm. and you know his eventual fate, I, I thought was really satisfying. Yeah, um, which is so hard to do because, as we already mentioned, they've recast Jack. One of Jack Nicholson's most iconic roles, yeah, um, and it's it's Henry Thomas, the kid from ET. Um, Is it really? Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, he was also the dad in Haunting of Hill House, um, which should be more distracting than it was. I don't know. It was really well done. He was the only one, the recast one, that I thought they had actually face replaced him, and it looked fucked up. That's so interesting. Like I, I couldn't. You know, sometimes you see and you like that's CG and it's not CG. Yeah, yeah. I was having you're one of those. It. I was having, and I think the background was green screen to mm. to match the Kubrick. So I was just wigging out on that, and then you told me that no, that's an actual person. <laughs> the like, man. <laughs> what the hell? I thought I knew movies. Mm. Yeah. No, that was um, that was really well done. Um, but kind of undermines something really interesting about the first Shining was the date. You know, like I guess there's this idea that these beings are ever existing or. But how does that final image of The Shining tie into this? I don't think they ever really... No. Did they address that? No, no idea. I don't idea. think they did. Mm. Um, but just something that I was like... Eh, although, although... Got my arm, you Flanagan. Jack Torrance does outright deny that's who he is. He says he's the bartender. Yeah. So it, I guess it kind of does play into... Like the, the, the hotel just claimed his soul for eternity. Mm. Uh, it's interesting stuff. I guess you could delve into that as much as you wanted to. There's an easy out like that. I mean, I don't think it needs to be addressed really. For sure. I thought there was some really cool uh, visual styling in this. Some of the more esoteric stuff like the the shining. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. Like traveling across the country and going through mines and stuff. Mm. I thought that was also well executed. Like it wasn't too over the top. It really wasn't like overly visual effecty or anything. It's just perfect. Yeah. And and looked good, mm. like in an ex- not only in like a visual styling sense, like you know the, the kind of the mechanics of it, but just the the fact that it looked really good, really polished. Yeah, and created thought, some yeah. intense moments, like when the little girl turns around, she doesn't have eyes. Yeah, she's got that weird new hair, and she just becomes like she's almost the villain in that scene. It's really you're scared well, for the other this character. This is a really that, interesting thing, right? Throughout this entire thing, they talk about the inner darkness. Like I think someone mentions that. To the little girl that, like, you know, you're not that different from us. Like, you've got that kind of sickness in you. Mm. And you can tell in that very harrowing scene of her degloving her hand, <laughs> which they just oh. fucking outright showed. That's fucking intense. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, It's going to be, like, so Flanagan's thing now, I think. <laughs> um, so scary. But uh, there was this moment where you're like, fuck, this girl's, like, a bit sadistic because she seems to be enjoying this. Mm. Um, and it almost kind of made me think, you know, how are they going to, like, make the Rose the Hat scary again, right? Like, how are they going to make her a formidable bad guy? Mm. Um, which I think they did quite effectively. Yeah. Um, I mean, the way they killed all of the other ones, it's like, fuck, she's a real loose cannon now. <laughs> like yeah. If she was before. Yeah. I thought the going back to the visual styling was... <clears throat> I think Mike Flanagan has a noticeable style that's present in all his films. 
And The Shining is so iconic, you know, one of the first uses of Steadicam. Mm. And this one managed to wrangle and get it working between the two, um, kind of mirroring what he did with the story, but in just the look. Yeah. You know, he, they were repeating scenes of the kid going around the corridors in the tricycle and stuff. You know, he mirrored that perfectly, I thought, while still matching the Flanagan vibe that we're all used to. Mm. And all, all, like, to your point about it's still feeling like a continuation on from the, the stylings of The Shining, because this seemed to follow characters, like in that scene that you very, that you just mentioned, Ben, about um, Rose the Hat flying over that thing, the camera stays pretty much exact on her, mm. like a steady cam would, and everything else kind of just mm. moves around. And it kind of gives this oh, similar Harry feeling. or something. Yeah, it gives a similar feeling to the initial, like the way that The Shining was shot. This felt like a lot of the same kind of camera motions and, you know, nothing was too quick. Everything was kind of slow and purposeful and following a character. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I thought the score was great. Newman Spot Brothers. Newman yeah. Brothers. yeah. Uh, or, yes, sure. New, no, sorry, Newton New Brothers. Yeah. My bad. Who, they've done a lot of work with... Um, uh, with Flanagan before mm. they did Haunting of Hill House, they did uh, Ouija Board, and I think maybe Gerald's Oculus. Game. Yeah, they've done a lot with Flanagan. Yeah, Gerald's Game as well. Um, yeah, really cool when they brought in the original theme, but it was used very sparingly um, perfect. in an effective way. I thought. Yeah. And when they're going up the mountain, mirroring the credit sequence from the first one. Yeah, that was fantastic. I mm. really loved it. I think that's when the score cue came in. Yeah, cool moment. Just awesome man mm. just really awesome and booming as well like you're like oh fuck like and that's the kind of i wish that movies did this more often which is if you're going to use nostalgia use it sparingly and use it correctly because that and that is a perfect example of it right like that was kind of it, it is used in in a way that makes sense for the story it makes sense for the audience um and you know is not kind of overbearing or just being used for the sake of nostalgia um so yeah, I, I thought that that was done really well. Any negatives on this one? Would I, you say pacing was maybe a little long? Yeah, I think the movie's a little over long. I think maybe I, see, it could I take out five or ten minutes. Yeah, um, I, I, but I, I didn't get my usual George freak yeah. out. Like I was like, this is purposeful. Uh, yeah, and it's that's working. what I kind of felt about it. And like The Shining is very similar in that. Like The Shining, definitely. you can definitely kind of go like, all right, well, let's speed it up a little bit. And that's just Kubrick style. Mm. I thought this was quicker than The Shining while maintaining that kind of purposeful moving forward feeling. And so, yeah, I, I didn't have an issue with the length at all. I was engaged all the way through. Yeah, something else I said coming out of it was that it was so epic in scope, um, mm -hmm. just in terms of, like, you know, you're only following a couple of characters to it, but it just feels like you go over like 39 years or something. Yeah. It feels huge, and you feel like you get whole lifetimes in it. Which doesn't usually work in films, mm. right? Like, that's another thing that that should should have gone against this film. Mm. Like, if you if you have big gaps in, in people's life, that that can just kind of feel disorientating, mm. where you're not feeling as though you're, like, there's a clear arc in a character in that. And, you know, this movie seemed to pull it off. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I do. I do think it get it gets a little silly towards the end, but not in a hugely detrimental way. No, it it had like I kind of I. It goes I, for it. It goes for it yeah. more than you maybe has been set up mm. in these two in everything else in these Shining movies. Yeah, it feels as though it should have a little bit more of a kind of philosophical ending or something like that. Although they have they they did set it up 
pretty consistently throughout the film to have that ending. Mm. Um, you know, the idea that he would unleash what's in the boxes, I, I figured was like almost inevitable. Like course, I was like, yeah. sure, that's going to happen. Um, how did you guys feel about that final reveal of him, you know, quote unquote living or him making it out of the fire, so to speak? Great. Yeah. Well, did like, that did that feel almost like a little bit like a Hollywood ending? Um, I think it was just the natural ex- like that's where it was all going for me. Um, I didn't feel like oh he should have, um, you know, not made it out or whatever. I, yeah. I he was dead. Oh, huh? yeah, he, he was dead. Yeah, yeah. But all the souls in the in the um hotel perished there, right? So that was what I meant, like. The, the whole idea was that that place burnt down and there was some risk of him not making it out. Mm, right, right. So that was what I was saying, like, did that feel a little bit too maybe convenient? No, I thought it was really kind of I, I was good either way. I was just curious. Like, yeah. I, I, I noticed that that could have been a criticism that some people had of that. No, I thought it was, was perfect because there was, you know, the danger that they have this whole setup when they're going to kill a character and they don't like they did that. So I'm like, that's cool. yeah, they actually, they did kill him. Yeah. So, that's so they, they finished his story and I thought it in a really satisfactory way. I loved the, you know, the ending of him in that room um, with his mother. Uh, and then as a child again, I, that was really beautiful. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, anything else that stood out to you about this film? Um, I feel like we haven't given enough props to that. The, the, um, the group of energy vampires, which, as we have said several times, is such a ridiculous idea, but was so brilliantly executed. Like, I mean, the introduction of them, like, recruiting that um, snake bite yes. girl. Mm. That was really, really intense. Yeah. Whoever um, that, his, her sidekick character is. The male lead. Yeah. He, yeah he's he's um, from Fargo on TV. He was so great. Shoot. What's his name? I just looked it up. Uh, is that Cliff? No. Uh, Zan McLaren? Crow Daddy. Mm. Um, I thought he was really cool. Um, yeah, when his one scene driving in the car when he's captured her. Yeah. Um, and he's just talking about how it's, all these people died for nothing. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah, I thought I, that was really great. I just like how sort of cannibalistic they were. Yeah, that they, was scary. Oh, yeah, when he's doing just, his little... They were just sort of surviving. They were drug addicts, essentially. Yeah. You know, they yeah. were heroin addicts or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I also give... Props to Kylie Curran, who is the the little girl in this, um, for that scene in particular where she's in the um, she's in the van, but she is um, playing Ewan or playing Danny, yeah. um, which I thought really good props to her because you know um, you can kind of with kid actors sometimes get a little bit of like a one track kind of style or or mm. you don't often see a lot of of dynamic range um whereas that kind of proved that she's got the ability to do it um i thought that was really cool because yeah i felt that was spot on i think uh and also ewan mcgregor's accent american accent wasn't noticeably as distracting as it's been for me in the past i don't don't think it was 100 percent there i think this was my favorite performance of his in in terms of american speaking role just in terms of everything everything I don't think I've ever liked him this much. Except really? maybe you, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Come on, Obi Wan. He's just, so, but he's a meme. Are you, are so. you not? Are you not a, a fan of um, Train Spotting? I haven't seen it in many years. Okay. Mm. 
Any final thoughts, guys? It's been overwhelmingly positive. It has been. This film is bombing at the <laughs> box office. Oh, yeah, it's dying. There's w- definitely not going to be Shining 3. <laughs> Shining the Probably, third. Probably, thankfully. I mean, mm. I, I walked out of this... Um, thinking this will probably be almost certainly be in my top 10, if not in my top five. Mm. Um, I'll which, get another viewing in. Wow. Yeah. Um, Flanagan has once again proven himself more than capable of handling these kinds of properties. Um, you know, I've just, I'm so wildly impressed. That's cool to hear. I'm, I'm glad to hear how much we liked it, but in particular, just how much I liked it because the reception hasn't been unanimously positive. Nobody's uh, talking about it. The box office, of course, is terrible. Um, but I just so thoroughly enjoyed this film. And this is this I, is one of the few cases where I've fallen in love with the director and then the next film of theirs that comes out, I've actually really liked. Because normally, <laughs> like nine out of ten times, I will seriously, I'll start following a director, do all their back catalogue. Then the next, the very next movie sucks. that comes out, I'll be like, I didn't love that. Yeah. Um, so this was very fulfilling. Yeah. I think this, this to me, reminds me a lot of 2049. Mm. In the sense of like not wildly commercially successful, you'll definitely not get like a related a sequel, sequel that never should have been made. Exactly, and and it's yet done. came out of it was like fuck yes, mm. yeah. Well, there we have it, guys. A worthy successor to the nineteen eighty film, as determined by the podcast strikes back. What did you guys think? Let us know your thoughts in the comments section, and we'll be back next week for the weekly movie show. And one of these days, we'll get our Irishman review out. One of these it's three years. hours. It's gonna Fucking, be it's gonna be two oh, weeks this from now. Two and a half hours. So. It's gonna be two weeks from now, and it's just gonna be me reviewing. Yeah. It. <laughs> you probably like Netflix it more that way, right? wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna the, the review will also be three and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I'll be tuning in. We'll see you then, Connor. Bye. We'll see you then, Benny. Bye. Take it back from me. Bye.